praying for them to be saved. Yep. Of course, that's number one. Praying that the Lord would put people in their lives that would, would witness to them. Because uh, it might not be us that's instrumental in their salvation. Hello and welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast for church leaders in FIEC churches and elsewhere. My name is Adrian Reynolds. I'm the head of national ministries for the FIEC. And I'm joined today by Paul Mallard. Hello, Paul. Paul is... Oh, goodness, you've got lots of titles. Um, so we'll start with Director for West Midlands. That's right. Just yeah, yeah, help yeah. serving churches in the West Midlands area um, along the M6 there from where we are here. But also heads up our theology team. Yeah, You right. do all of that in two days a week, which is extraordinary. It, how, how does it work? I don't know. Well, there are 24 hours in a day, aren't there? Yeah, that's right. So, so 48 so. hours working week uh, for Paul Mallard. Uh, Paul, we, we, we're kind of starting with a light note, but actually we're here to, about a very sober subject, mm-hmm. aren't we? And we need to set the right tone. We're here to talk about unbelieving children. Um, and for anybody who has unbelieving children, an extraordinarily painful and difficult topic. But we we don't talk about it. Why, why don't we talk about it? <laughs> well, as, let's let's go back a step. What do we mean by it? When, yeah, when what we do we talk mean about by it? unbelieving children? Well, basically, we we, we kind of mean it's pretty obvious in in one way. We mean children who who grow up in a Christian home, maybe, but don't get saved. So there's a huge spectrum. On the one hand, there are kids who are good kids. They're great kids. Um, and culturally, they're Christians, so um, they I, fit in with all the norms of behaviour. I mean, I remember someone saying to me that that, that you know that they have, people have different views on Genesis one. He his dad believed in 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 a young earth, and he said, "My son grew up in that, and he went off to university to study science and stood tooth and nail for a young earth, but wasn't a Christian." And and you know he's married to a a, a nice girl. Good kids have wonderful kind of Christian values and so on. So that's one end of the spectrum. And, and it's worth saying we, you know, we rejoice in that, but we mustn't mistake that for, that's for saving the danger. faith. That's the it? danger. And yeah. we kind of we kind of think, well, yeah, when he was twelve, he made a decision. There's no yeah. evidence of it now, but maybe yeah. he'll be okay. Because on the other end of the spectrum, you have those kids that not only reject their parents' faith. Um, there are situations where they even reject their parents. And that go, often goes hand in hand. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose in the middle, there are lots of kids who, who are good and, 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 and but live in a different way that, than you'd want them to, who don't claim to be Christian, don't mm-hmm. live a Christian life, and so on. But then there are an extreme group, and I think this is where it's perhaps very painful, where they've not just rejected the faith, they've rejected everything mum and dad stand for. Yeah. And, and get into all sorts of trouble because of it. And, and you know, mum and dad have to pick up the pieces. And that's especially true for leaders, isn't it? I mean, this is a, you know, a podcast for leaders. So we're, we do want to help leaders as they minister to people in their congregations. But there'll be a huge number of Christian leaders for whom this is a very painful reality. And that feels that it's not just a rejection of you as parents. It's a rejection of identity and calling and service and a whole load of other stuff wrapped up in Christian ministry. Well, I think a sense of guilt is, yeah. is kind of a, 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 a just all parents feel. Yeah. All of us look back that we could have done it better, we should have done it better, and so on. Um, but when we're ministering to people who, and we're seeing blessings and we're ministering God's word, and then our kids turn against it completely, number one, it's heartbreaking, and and you know how do we deal with that? But number two, we have a sense of failure. Because I'm supposed to be a model to my congregation. Mm. And if I can't get that right, 
what do we do? So, so there's a real so sense. The guilt is two faced, guilt, really. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just in terms of our responsibility towards our children, but also what people may be thinking of. Absolutely, us. absolutely. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that in most of our congregations, if not all of them, there are a significant of people, number of people who are in the same boat as we are, and yet we don't talk about it. We we we're ashamed of it. We we kind of think, if I failed here, what kind of leader am I? So mm. so I think it, it's something that. It struck me. I mean, I, I've never spoken on it as such, um, certainly not in an FIC church. So it struck me really as I, I've thought about it. It's an issue that, that ought to be addressed yeah. and we ought to be yeah. dealing with this. As, I can't as think either of any books on it. I mean, there are books on childhood and yeah, parenting. Yeah, yeah. There, there might are, have chapters there are, there are, here and there, but it's just such yeah, a big subject. There are a couple of books um, from a decade ago from the States, okay. um, which, which have some helpful things to mm. say, but I don't think there's anything specific on this area. Certainly, from a, from our point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's explore a little bit more about why we don't talk about it, um, why we don't pray, why um, we don't perhaps we pray pi- privately, why don't we pray publicly in church, and those sorts of things. Why is this the unmentionable? Do you think? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I guess one of them is because we don't want to embarrass our kids. You know, so so kind of. So we should say we're not we're not going to talk about either either of us. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we absolutely. don't think that's right. Actually, no, no, it's, it's not right. Um, and so and so, in a sense, you know, if a, if a, if a pastor stands up and says, "Look, pray for me," because my son, my daughter is is off the rails and so on. That that's the, that's that's kind of nuclear. Especially if they're still at home. Especially if they're still at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we need to be really careful about that. that. I think that's one, and that's a legitimate reason. Um, when I was in Bath, we 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 had a prayer meeting, um, parents in pain. Mm. Where where folk could come and share, and and they were all in the same boat, and and um, it was never kind of publicly advertised as a big event. It was kind of a bit under the radar, but 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 that's what we did. Uh, of course, the other reason is that there is a theology that that if your kids are not saved, then you shouldn't be an elder. So so there are a couple of verses in 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 one Timothy and in Titus that people, particularly the Titus verse, people have should, used. Should we do those now, or should we do them later? Let's do them now. Let's okay, them. let's do them now because it is important, isn't it? And people will say, and we've we've had calls into the office um, about exactly this issue. Or we know about church situations with exactly this issue, where people are saying you can't serve as an elder, you can't serve as a leader because your children are not believers. Um, and Titus first, especially, yeah, yeah, seems yeah. to seems to say that clearly, doesn't it? So just just unpack that a little bit for us. Well, the word which is used there is the word. So in Titus one, yeah, Titus yeah, one, Titus one, Titus one. It's talking about a word, a word which is used in the Greek, which can mean either um, believing or faithful, and it can be used in either way in, in the pastoral epistles. Right. So, 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 language alone doesn't decide the issue. Um, in our translation, or in some translation, this is the NIV. It says his children have to be believers, uh, but it's quite as legitimate to, to, to translate it as faithful, which means not necessarily having personal faith, but living under his direction and under his control right. so that the testing place for a leader in the church is how does he run his family. Which is back to 1 Timothy 3. Which is exactly the, the same as 1 yeah. Timothy 3. So so there are a whole, re- whole raft, of, raft of reasons why um, it can't mean believer. Number one, Paul's not going to say to Timothy, you know, that's what you do in Ephesus, but in you know, to Titus in, in Crete, they're, they're, they're a bunch of whatever. You know, you need to have a stricter, strict. Yeah, yeah. So, so you just take the two together. I, I think the other reason is um, we can't save our kids, and and that's something that we can't. I can run my home hopefully in a godly way, and I can be tested on that. I'm responsible for that, 
but I can't save my kids. No one can save their kids. And, and that's that's the bottom line theologically. So 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 if you're saying before you can become an elder, you have to, number one, make sure your kids are safe. Number two, make sure they persist in the faith. You know, if I've got three kids and they they're all they're all baptized in their in their teens, and then one goes off to university and gives up his faith. I resign as an elder. I resign as a pastor. I mean, it just doesn't seem practical. In yeah, although some way. people might say that's right, but I think they if might, understood they might. it as you've just explained. I, and and I think that, that has to be the way you take it. That yeah. has to be the way you take it, um, because all the other qualifications are qualifications of uh, areas where we are responsible. Yes, yeah, so you're in control act. of them. You're in control. Yes, we're yeah. not in control of that. Now, I, I think the application is clearly, you know, if, if a man can't control his family, if our kids are, are rebelling. Um, and and causing problems. Having said all that, you see, um, what what do you do if you've got a, a child with behavioural problems and mm. they're diagnosed with behavioural problems? Um, um, so that's one issue. And then, at what point do they do they cease to be under your control? Remember, in the first century, um, a, a father had absolute control of his household. If if the child disobeys, he you know he can have them executed. So it's a slightly different era. <laughs> yes. you know, we may wish it was thankfully, different. But there thankfully, we go. Thankfully, well, I don't, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Thankfully, but you know, if my child lives reasonably under my house, under my roof, um, and he's not saved, but, but you know, I've got a reason. And then he goes off at the age of 18 to uni and he, you know, he gets into sex and drugs and rock mm. and roll and he, you know, pushes against the, kicks against the traces. Then that's not my responsibility. Kids do have to make their own decisions. So at that point, you know, my heart is breaking, but it doesn't disqualify me as a Christian mm. leader. So it seems to me this is we're getting into some of the theology now, which kind of underpins yeah. all of this, which is absolutely critical, isn't it? That actually we 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 can't save our children, no, no. and we believe that we can't save in almost every other area of church yeah. life. Yeah. So why why do we get it wrong in this area? I, I guess we, you know, we're influencers, aren't we, in the home? Yes. We, yeah. as parents, we are the most significant influencers yeah. Yeah. on our children across the across their their childhood. And and, and children are a blessing from yeah. God. That's the bottom line. I mean, I, I've I've known in my ministry, folk who said, "Well, we're not going to have kids because what if they're not saved?" Well, there is a matter of trusting God with that. Um, I, I, you know, kids are a blessing from God, and we have a whole series of responsibilities with our kids. We've got to teach them God's word. You think of. Deuteronomy, you know, when they walk and when they stand and when they sit and, and you know, lots of verses about teaching the word of God. We've got to pray for them. We've got to set a godly example to them. Um, we've got to discipline them, which is steer them in the right direction. We've got to help them to understand, make the connection between sin and pain. Um, and however we discipline them, they've got to see that sin is a horrible thing and, and it leads to horrible consequences. So all of those things, if we love our kids, we'll chase them, Hebrews 12 and so on and so on. But then we can't save them, no. <laughs> and and whatever we've done, and and you know, and and the thing is, kids do love to please their parents. Well, some kids do, and so it's quite easy for children at the age of you know eight and nine. Well, I've been been to college, I've been, I've been to, to school and or Sunday school, and I've been to camp, and I've asked Jesus into my life to be my saviour. And parents are you know, wonderful, marvelous, and so on. And, and I'm not suggesting we should we should ever doubt that. We shouldn't be cynical. But then, you know, is is it you know is the is the is the fruit there long term? So so I think for all sorts of reasons we we kind of take it on ourselves. If I'd been a better parent, who is the parent who looks back and says I could have done it, done it? I could have done I don't some know, things. Better. I don't know one. They don't exist. No. They don't exist. But we cannot save them. Yeah, that's the point. So um, 
it seems to me what you're saying, and I'm, I'm thoroughly with this, is that a, a good theology of childhood yeah. Yeah. is absolutely is absolutely <clears throat> essential for, for yeah. parenting generally, yeah. and actually. Um, as leaders in the church, we want to impart that to, to other parents in the church. But for us as leaders, we need a good yeah. theology yeah, yeah, yeah. of really childhood. Do. Now, w- within the FIC, people's theology of childhood um, may differ. Yes. Yeah. You know, some of us are Peter Baptists, some of us are baptised adults yeah. or believers, let's say. And um, so there are going to be some differences at, yeah. the, at yeah. In, yeah. in that sort of secondary area. But actually, whatever your position is, it needs to be thought through, doesn't it? Because actually, how can how can you build pastoral yeah. expectations yeah. and implications yeah. Yeah. without that foundation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I put my cards on the table. I'm, I'm a creed Baptist. I believe yeah. in, in, in um, and, and I do believe that Children born into a Christian home have tremendous privileges. But my, my um, Peter Baptist friends talked about covenant children, that the promise is to you and your children. And, and you know, that's not where I'm coming from. Um, I think where we would all agree is that, that children are born sinful. They have a sinful heart, um, which is inherited from from Adam. They, they that, all, yeah, original sin that is in our yeah, basis of faith. Yes, that's good. good <laughs> glad that it's there. And 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 and. Um, the guilt of Adam's sin is imputed to yep, them as well, yep. so they're not innocent. Um, and very soon they, they show they show that, and therefore every child needs to be born again. Um, they need regeneration, and regeneration is a supernatural work of God, which we can't do. Now we don't go to the opposite extreme and become sort of um, hyper Calvinist and say we just we just pray for them. We never we never try and steer them no, into no. the gospel and and. Sh- We'd love to lead them to the Lord. We'd love all sorts of things, just as we would in our evangelism. But in the end, the bottom line is, if God has given them a new heart, they'll be saved. And if God doesn't give them a new heart, they can put on a wonderful veneer. They can be marvellous, brilliant little little Pharisees, but they're not saved. And and we can't make that happen. Um, And it can break our hearts and we pray and we never give up praying, but... God has to do something miraculous. There's, um, we're not doing it today. There's a whole load of stuff here we could do to talk about parenting and the implications of that for parenting. Um, so let's just just pause before we get back to the question of unbelieving children. Um, good places to go for a theology of childhood. Are there any? Um, Bill James did a, a paper a while ago at the Kerry Conference that that I I, I, I used. Yeah, um, twenty twelve. I think I've used. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so that that's available. Okay. That's really helpful. We'll put the link in the show notes for that. Again, that's you know you're coming from a from a, a yes, very yes, yeah. very established Creed Baptist yep, point yep. of view, but I think he's done a good job on that. Um, I, I'm not sure what's written from the back. Okay, from I've a, got I've got one. Oh, I'm, good. Yes. Um, in fact, I have a contract to rewrite it, so that's why I know hey, about it. So Eric Lane, who was my mentor when I was growing up, wrote a book with the worst cover of any Christian book I've ever seen. It's called Special Children. It's Grace Publications Trust. Okay. Um, basically saying what you're saying, that actually um, those of us who, who aren't covenant um uh, Baptists, you know, aren't, aren't sorry, not covenant Baptists, aren't covenant Peter Baptists. Yeah, yeah. um, Recognise that there is an extraordinary blessing about being brought up in a children's yeah. in a Christian home. He, he calls that being special. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't make okay. them doesn't make okay. them Christians. No, no. Um, so yes, a terrible cover, but really good content. Um, Eric died last year and um, greatly missed by me, but a very good book. So I do recommend that. I think is that's, that still that's in helpful. publication? It is know? still in publication. Okay, well, well, it needs to be updated. Know. So I have a I have Eric's agreement um, and, and Joyce his wife that he wrote it with to rewrite it so that's on my oh, to-do excellent. list excellent uh, but yes it's still good well yes long enough um, okay. let, let's get to the pastoral implications of this paul mm. because um 
you know, we, you may have a very good theology. Perhaps you understand perfectly that you can't save your children. It's your job to proclaim the gospel to them, to live out the gospel in front of them. And yet still they're not believers. Um, and there's extraordinary pain in that, isn't there? Um, and, and I guess different stages of pain, you know, when they're at home, you think they're under your influence, perhaps when they're smaller children, you know, when they're 11, 12, that sort of age, and they're saying, I'm not really sure I'm a Christian. You can you still feel you have some influence. 15, 16, you think, oh, I'm losing my influence. Yeah. And then 18, 19, they're away from home, perhaps in the secular workplace or off to university, and you think, oh, my influence is completely gone. So there are different stages of pain, yeah. but each one is really, really painful. Yeah, and of course, the one that you have mentioned is when they, they, they get married and they're their own kids. Yes. And yeah, you've, you've yeah. seen your grandkids and, and you know, what do you do as a grandparent? Um, you know, every Christmas you, you give them a great present plus a little Christian yeah, track yeah, somewhere, yeah. you know, and, 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 and so there are a whole, whole series of, of stages. Um, I think one of the things that we have to learn to be is to be honest about it. Um, and, I, and we said this right at the beginning, it's so common it's so painful, and yet we don't speak about it. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, we, we had a prayer meeting, a prayer group in in, um, in Bath at Wickham Baptist Church, and um, <clears throat> I've seen that kind of thing happening before. As, as pastors, we have to minister into it. Again, it's kind of people need to know we're not getting at them. Mm. They need to know when, we, when we're preaching into the situation. Because if people are already feeling guilty, yeah. it doesn't require much pastoral skill no, to make them no, feel no, no, more no, no, guilty, no, 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 no. does it? So it's actually saying, and again, you know, you can't stand up as a pastor and say, look, I know exactly where you are because my, my daughter's gone off and, and, and you know, living, mm. living with some guy yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You know? so, so that's, that's, that's sensitivity is, is huge. Um uh, but I think we do need to be honest about it. We need to say, look, here in our congregation. And I think I, I think if you have the joy of your kids coming to know the Lord, there can be a little bit of a supercilious, you know, well, we did what was right. And, mm. and you yeah. know, we got yeah. And I'm sure that's people don't mean that, but, you know, you, you're kind of home and dry, and that's great. So, so think, honesty and care, in oh, fact, just yeah, carefulness, yeah, carefulness about and how wisdom, we speak about wisdom, things. how we speak yeah, about yeah. it. But avoiding it is, is well, yeah. that's been the option, but I don't think it's an option. So here's a great irony as a Baptist. Um, we might baptise our children when they wonderfully become yeah. believers and share that joy with the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yet yeah, we don't yeah, share the yeah, pain, yeah, yeah, actually, of unbelieving yeah, children yeah. with the church. So we, we yeah, kind of, yeah, you know, we don't yeah, mind the good yeah. news. But the bad news just all feels a bit too personal, and, or and I want to say that that's true in lots of areas. As church, we we I mean we we don't have a triumphalistic um, triumphalistic theology. I mean, as as more conservative evangelicals, but sometimes it comes out in our in our yeah. services, in our worship. You know, it's always the good stuff, and instead of actually lamenting, and I think that's a key thing: learning to lament about about pain and suffering and, mm. and lament 50 psalms are laments so so if any someone had written a book about that or two <laughs> well there you go there you go yeah, we'll, yeah. Put, we'll put your books as well yeah, Paul, yeah. in the show notes because yeah. they're, they're about suffering and and pain more generally but actually the principles apply don't they yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean <laughs> the greatest lament i think the greatest lament that we can have is if we think our kids are are unsafe, yeah. and and let's let's be clear about it. I mean, we haven't even mentioned this, but but why is it concern us? Some of it's some of it's personal and selfish, my reputation. But in the end, they're going to hell, and we want to spend eternity with our kids. And and the idea that my kids might not get to heaven, I mean, is is just 
if we actually sit down and think about it, is mm. numbing. How, how do you answer that theologically? Because it, it can be extraordinarily debilitating thinking, I can't imagine the joy of a place like yeah. heaven, yeah. new creation, yeah. without my yeah. children. I, just, yeah. I, can't, yeah. I can't see that. We, we've got to think clearly about, about the new heaven and the new earth and what that means, haven't we? Yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. Um, I'd say a couple of things. First of all, we, we just never know in the end, the God of all the earth will do just. That's yeah. not, I'm not, yeah. I mean, if our kids die unsaved, then they're lost. But we just never know. Of, uh, we used to be a strict Baptist pastor when I first started in Chippenham. If he thought the person who died was not a Christian, he'd stand at the graveside and say, you know, this person is now in hell. Are you going there? Well, you know. You can never say that. How dare he say yeah, that? Yeah. You know, he's yeah. not the judge. I mean, that's, 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 that's you know, way, way above our, our pay grade. So, so and I've, I've had to minister in situations where the parents said that. And I said, look, you don't know. You, do, mm. you can't, in the end, be sure of, of those things. You have to leave that in God's hands. And we don't have to, we don't, praise God, we don't have to make that decision. But I think one of the big themes about in the Bible is the justice of God. And if you think of, of um, Revelation 6, for example, where the cry from those under the throne is, is we want to see justice established mm. in the earth. When, we, when we're in heaven, we have a new new mind a new understanding a new insight and in some ways we will rejoice in the justice of god just as much as we rejoice in the yep. grace of god and at the moment I, I can't get my mind around that i can't understand that but there's there's there is blessedness in heaven mm. um, yeah there won't be regrets there's no regrets there's no there's no heartbreak you know he wipes all tears from our eyes mm. Um, so, so it likes so many things about heaven. We can't really get our mind around it. Yeah. We have to, I don't know, leave it on the back burner, whatever. We just have to get on. You know, while 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 our kids are still alive, we do everything we can, and that may just mean praying. I mean, yeah. when it comes to talking to your kids, my, my mum wasn't saved for 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 forty years, and and I shared the gospel with her as much as I could. Get to a point where. You know, you're no longer looking for opportunities to share the gospel. She knows the gospel. Mm -hmm. Now I pray. She's got to believe it. She didn't believe it, you see. And and she was saved um, in her 80s. So I praise God for that. For that, for, for us, it was praying and praying and mm -hmm. praying and, and not stop praying. So with our kids, of course, we're looking for opportunities. We're looking for influences. Very often, what we're praying for is that is you know our kids aren't going to listen to us, but they will find someone else. So that's the key part to. of our armory prayer isn't it, it is. it's, it's it not is. doing it's it it's yeah. doing that flows yeah. out of praying yeah and and and, and pray praying for them to be saved yeah of course that's number one praying that the lord would put people in their lives that would would witness to them uh it might not be us that's instrumental it might, in not, be us at all. might not be us at all yeah. you know pr praying so you can pray for i mean if i just praying practically when you're thinking what to pray for obviously we're crying out lord have mercy but you could pray for them to have a christian neighbor Absolutely. Christian work colleague. Yeah, it's yeah, not wrong yeah. just to pray for no, God no, no. to create no. those moments. Well, we, I mean, one of the great things that I believe in, and it's not in our statement of faith as such, but, but irresistible grace. You know, God can save anybody. So so you don't have to give up praying for anybody because in the end, God can, can you know, he doesn't save them against their will. He changes their will. Yeah. He gives them a yeah. new heart. So, yeah. so that, that, that helps us to pray and not give up. There is a kind of a, you know, as the chair of the theological team, I shouldn't be saying this, but there is a point where you kind of, 
you stop trying to work it out theologically. Just say, I'm going to pray. <laughs> Lord, you know where, you know, lots of praise. I, I just. Well, I, I don't I think I you just, have to apologize for that. I mean, I, I think recognizing our finite, finiteness. That's a good thing. That's compared, a good thing. Compared Lord, to I don't, I don't understand how this I don't, I, I, don't under, I don't understand these, yeah. how these things fit together, but I know you've asked me to pray. And, and, and actually, Lord, at some point, Leaving people with the Lord. I don't mean abandoning them. No, no, no. But being able to leave people with the Lord. That's all we can do sometimes. It's all we can do. And and that's particularly and diff- it, When you say all we can, sorry, um, we say all we can do as though that's a last resort. Yeah, that's the yeah, best thing we yeah, can do, of isn't course it? it is. Of course yeah. it is. And so, I mean, we've prayed for our kids, I guess, every day since yeah, they were born. Likewise, we, yeah. prayed, we prayed for them when, when they were in the womb. Uh, we pray every day for our grandkids. And, and our longing is that all our families say. Mm. So you, you, just, you just keep on praying. The other thing is, and I don't think we should pray this in quite this way, but but you know we always praise God when you know your son's got a new job or, or there's a new baby born, all the good things. We need to understand if we're praying that God will break into their lives, that may be a painful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes God needs to do some fairly dramatic things to gain our attention, and and you know. When I'm praying for folk who are sick or are facing all sorts of things, I mean, Paul's prayers are never just get them out of the sickness or get them out of the problem. Paul's prayer is use that to speak to them. So my prayer is very often for folk, you know, through this trial, I pray that it might drive them from God, but drive them to him. So when our kids are in trouble, they come to us and we'll do everything in our power to help them financially and and whatever. But but sometimes we, we we have to pray, Lord, you know, not necessarily get them out of this quick. Please speak to their hearts through this, which sounds mm. tough, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. I think another thing to pray is for parents in the same situation, you know, praying for one another. We pray. So it's giving you an affinity. Yeah. yeah. So someone who is who is grieving over unbelieving children, it's giving you an affinity with other parents who yeah, yeah, absolutely. are in exactly the same position. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what would you say to a leader? Um, who may be listening, whose pe- whose children are believers, and is just struggling to help perhaps other parents in the church whose children are unbelievers. How, how can we help them f- feel some of that pain? You know, we are to remember those who are in prison as though we were there yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. not just, oh, well, yeah, I feel sorry for you, but actually we, we want to stand alongside people like that, don't we? We do. I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our caring um, is for people who not who and we're not in their shoes. Mm. So so there is a kind of a I don't know how to describe it. Um there's a kind of a, a pastoral imagination, a pastoral sensitivity that 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 um that comes through all of us suffer. I mean that's the condition, isn't it? And and you know, two Corinthians one, God pours in suffering, so he pours in comfort, so then we become channels of comfort. Um I think we need to be very serious about understanding as much as we can of where they're coming from. I mean, it doesn't take an awful lot of imagination to think, you know, no. I love my own kids. I just praise God so much that they're 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 going to heaven. You know, it must be awful to think that they're not. And and so to be sympathetic, um, I mean, I've heard people. I mean, we we talked about the Titus passage earlier. I've heard people who are very, very brash and actually said. To talk through that passage and say, "There you go. If the kids are not saved, you're not." You know, so so. Um, <laughs> That's the very opposite of the way we should be. We should have sensitive hearts and caring hearts and loving hearts, both for our kids and for the parents of kids. Um, uh, uh, yes, if Jesus himself didn't break a bruised reed, no, we shouldn't be going around looking no, no, for those no, reeds no, no, to no, break no, down. No, Some of us are very good at breaking bruised reeds. Well, indeed. Yeah. And, and, you know, we need to 
need to repent of that. Just, let's just think a little bit more about church life as we draw so, draw to a close, because you've just um, highlighted a prayer meeting that you held when you were at Wickham. Um, we've done something similar in our small group, actually, that we, um, not in this church, but in the previous church where I was leading a small group, we had a little, uh, just a list. Yeah. We went around the group and said, you know, unbelieving relatives, it wasn't just yeah. children, unbelieving yeah. relatives, but included children. Let's just put them on a piece of paper mm. and let's circulate it amongst our group so that we're praying for one another's yeah. relatives yeah. and especially children regularly. Um, so actually just identifying it up front, that's important, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think talking I think about it. Talking about it. Um, I, I, and, and it's an application in a whole series of issues. So, so if you're preaching on, for example, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, bear one another's burdens, that's a natural application, you know. And and while being sensitive, to kind of be saying things like, you know, there are many of us in our congregation who know this and are feeling this firsthand, and and you know, can we pray for one another? I think it's not something to be publicly advertised all the time. I think, as okay. you said earlier, sensitivity. I do think it's the kind of thing if you're in a small group. I mean, in a small group, you're learning to to pray for one another. When we were in um, when we were in Worcester, we we had a we had a week of prayer, and out of that came an early morning Monday morning prayer meeting, seven till eight. It went on for ten years. Never more. That's than a, a very long prayer meeting. It's <laughs> a very long prayer meeting. I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, Worcester <laughs> needed a very long prayer meeting, but you know, um, and and we we found that. Um, we found that over that period of time, and no more than 10 people ever, and, and normally, you know, six or seven, we got to know one another so well, you could share anything with that group. Um, when my mum was, was, we thought we, she was dying and she wasn't a Christian. I said to the group, pray, pray, I'm going to go and see my mum today. Pray for that. And, you know, I, I, we'd prayed for her so many times and that was the day she was converted. Mm. Um, and I'd felt able to share that. So it's not, you don't publish it. And maybe there is wisdom in not talking about it quite as much as, 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 as maybe I've suggested, but it needs, people need to understand it. And maybe in a small group, no, maybe, I, maybe, in, maybe in two of you, maybe, two, you know, a couple yeah, of Yeah, I, I want to push back on that a little bit, I think. Just thinking, um, you know, I, I don't really want to organise a prayer meeting in church just for parents who have unbelieving no, children. Because no, no, no. I think that slightly goes against my theology of the church. I, I want to say, actually, we're all... Yeah. Obviously, it's obviously it's a real pain for some yes, people. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they feel it very personally. Um, but actually, the whole church should be committed for this. Because if I want to stand with my brother yeah, or sister yeah, yeah. who's in that situation, actually, I so, so I want to have a... I, you know, occasionally I want to announce at a church prayer meeting. This is what the church prayer meeting is going to be given over yeah, to it. And if yeah, you're a yeah. if you're a single or your children are believers, um, you know, you should still yeah. be with us yeah, praying yeah. together as a church. Yeah. That's part yeah, of standing absolutely. as a family, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think people do feel yeah, isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's it. That's it. Isolate. I can't talk to anybody about yeah. it. I, I think a prayer meeting or a small group is probably a good place to do it. Yeah. And in a small yeah. group, you'll have folk in all the categories you've described. Indeed. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, one, one last thought. If you're a leader listening to this and you feel a bit lonely and isolated, perhaps you feel, I, I, can, I can see what you're saying. I can see perhaps we should be more open with the church about the pain of this, but I just find that difficult. A couple of next steps, just small yeah. little baby steps that will help. I guess the thing to do would be if you're a leader, hopefully you've got a group of leaders among who you work with. Talk to your fellow leaders. Mm. You know, what, what do you think about this, guys? Um, um, think about it. Talk about it at that level. Just, just begin to perhaps talk to one or two parents in that situation. You know, hopefully as pastors or as leaders, we, we, we're visiting folk. We have pastoral care. Just begin to say, look, you know, and, and it may amaze, amaze you how much they'll they'll respond. You know, you'll say, look, I just want to pray 
you know, and very often they're folk who will know and will have known their kids and, and you know, how's, how, how they're doing and, and, and just overcoming that initial, um, you know, why is the pastor asking? Why is the leaders asking me about this? Is it, but to, to do it sympathetically, I think that's important. And, and I just think, um, if we're, if we're doing preaching, if we're doing expository preaching, we have to, I mean, <laughs> Passages only have one meaning, but they have a multiplicity of applications. And so, so thinking that as, as yeah, a, yeah. just putting it on the agenda. So it's not a theme every week, um, but it is occasionally an issue. And, and, um, and it's such an important one, isn't it? Mm. Paul, thanks very much. It's worth saying that if you are in that position, you're not alone. That's right. That's um, right. We had a little impromptu uh, prayer meeting at the leaders conference last year actually more specifically for for leaders whose children were struggling in areas of sexuality yeah, yeah. and you know extraordinary turnout um yeah. so so certainly with yeah. children who are unbelievers you're not alone and and we want to pray with you as we do with each other lord have mercy yes that's the that's yeah. the best prayer we can pray isn't it lord and lord, and, have mercy. And, and to not give up hope yeah uh, to not give up hope because you know the st- stories are manifold we, we had friends down in 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 chippenham and their son was caught in the Boxing Day tsunami, and um, he—I mean, if you're if you're living in that part of the country and you you fled England, you fled England to go as far east as you can to get away from all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And he was gloriously saved, and he, you know he 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 went on the OM ship, and you know his parents couldn't believe it. <laughs> Took a tsunami, but but you know, mm. so God can do amazing amazing things and that's our great hope in the character yeah. of god paul thanks so much for joining us big subject we've only really scratched the surface but mm. um uh, do get in touch if you want to we put some links down in the show notes and um we'll look forward to talking again paul thanks very thank much thank you thank you uh, this has been independence if you've enjoyed the podcast please do rate and review it because it helps us um get up people's um i was going to say get up people's noses no get on people's radars and um, people can find out about us thanks very much